Welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Jeffrey Klein has conversations with a diverse array of successful people, sharing their stories to educate, inspire, and entertain. Here is your host, Jeffrey. My guest today is Tom Stoltman, also known as the Albatross, who is a strongman competitor from Invergordon, Scotland. Tom began training at the age of 16 and started strongman competitions at 18. Doing this sport at the highest level with his brother Luke has been extra special, and Tom says that training, traveling the world, and competing with his brother is simply amazing. Tom is the current world record holder for the Atlas Stone Run, and Tom stands at six foot eight and weighs an impressive 397 pounds. I read he consumes 10,000 calories every day and can lift nearly a thousand pounds or the equivalent weight of a grand piano. All this led to let this past June, Tom won the 2021 World Strongest Man competition, becoming the first man from Scotland to win this competition. In addition to a strongman comp- competitor, Tom is a huge fan of Rangers Football Club. Welcome, Tom. Thank you very much for having me, my man. Thank you very much. Uh, and I understand at some point you, you, we almost lost you to football, um, and you might not have ever pursued a strongman competition, but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, I like to kind of start at the beginning. So where were you born and what did your parents do for a living? Yeah, so obviously I was born in uh, the high winds in the garden. Um, I've born and bred here, still living here as of today. Um, and my dad was, we used to work on the oil rig. So he was like a pipe surveyor, uh, oil person. I don't know much about it, but yeah, so he did that. So you know, he was traveling like five, six months of the year. Um, so didn't get to see him much. And then my mum, uh, she kind of was just a stay at home, uh, you know, mum looking after myself. Obviously, I had autism and stuff, so she had to do extra care for myself. And then we had four other siblings. So there was a lot of us to kind of care for. So, yeah, so that's what the kind of they did. Yeah, well, uh, I, I only have there. three kids and that's that's a lot. So. That's enough, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, parenthood is the is the the best and most respected job I think in the world. So, yeah, um, so when you, when you were growing up earlier, let's say not, not teenage years, but maybe younger, eight, nine, 10, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, it was football, you know, like I've said, you know, um, since basically since I could uh, walk, I had a football at my feet. Um, everything I did was, was related to football. So I'd like, you know, I was really bad in like school, like kind of, uh, you know, maths, English, I wasn't the best at all that kind of stuff, science, everything. But as soon as PE football came, you know, after school, I'd play football till 10 o'clock at night. I'd go to two or three football clubs every day just to get better at football. And, uh, yeah, that was my life. Um, uh, I followed Glasgow Rangers as well as soon as I was uh, born. My big brother put a strip on me as well. So I didn't have a choice not to support anyone else. And, again, I played football a lot as well. Um, although he was into the gym, he was a really, really good footballer. He was going to be really successful in football as well. And uh, I kind of followed in his steps for the football as well. But yeah, from like four years old till 15, 16, I was kicking a ball my whole life. So. Well, it's, uh, I've been, I, you know, in America, following it as a spectator is not a big thing, but I've played it since I was a little kid, you know, and um, it's, a, it's a really amazing sport. Um, was so, did was there a certain footballers that you looked up to as role models when you were growing up? Is there yeah, I mean, I loved the Ronaldinho, uh, 
you know, him is it like uh, Kaka, Zidane? I mean, those kind of guys. They're the great back in the back then, you know. And I was kind of like, I was young enough, I was old enough, sorry, to understand who Ronaldinho was, and he was like unbelievable when I was like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, growing up. So he was always my role model. Watching him play football was like I want to be like him. So yeah, it was always him. That was kind of the guy that stuck up out for me the most, you know. Now, Tom, I'm a little obsessed with storytelling and, and being able to communicate through stories. Did you grow up with anyone who was really a great storyteller? <laughs> I mean, I think my brother's told a lot of uh, bad stories, but yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Um, to, I, I don't really know much about my childhood because for me it's like a nightmare, but I know my brother, you know, he had a lot of good stories of how he got into Strawman with like my granddad who was Polish and stuff and uh, there was a picture of my granddad holding a, a, a big log on his uh, shoulder in the, in the in the war days. And that's kind of related to us. And he used to tell us stories about that. And my granddad used to tell us stories about, you know, him going in and lifting big cars and stuff for a joke. Yeah, so we had a, you know, our family's quite, you know, we've got a lot of different cultures in our family. So it's quite cool seeing, hearing stories from like the German side, the English side, the Scottish side and the Polish side. So... I love that mix. I, that those the yeah. different ingredients when you throw them together is part of what makes stories uh, interesting. Uh, so, have you ever had? Have you had a paying job? What, what was your kind of first paying gig that you had? Uh, so, I used to actually work with my brother-in-law, who's a, who did landscape gardening. So, like you know, the everything to do with gardening, uh, I he, I, did, I went with him for maybe a year, a year and a half, and then um, I kind of did then worked on like with the trains the trains on the railway tracks and stuff built fences and maintenance for that as well then i did a security on construction sites uh was kind of my latest ones before i finished uh working so i did that for two or three years as well so yeah i was all in all different jobs you know so well do you still like gardening <laughs> no comment no <laughs> i'll let my wife know she's a big gardener so my dad my dad's like my dad loves gardening you know um he He's obsessed with gardening. He does competitions with it as well. So it's always kind of kept me to keep my garden kind of nice. I keep my garden nice and I do my house. <laughs> um, and so you're a big football fan growing up. You're playing it. Your brother's playing it. How did, when did the shift happen and how did the shift happen to be like, no way, I'm going to start to do strongman competitions? Um, you know, well, you know, up here where we're from, there's not many people. I'm like, a lot of my friends, played football just for like a hobby and didn't really want to get into it but I went into like my local football club I went to the, like their skill schools for like junior people and I went to Glasgow Rangers some of their uh, uh, skill school things as well and none of my mates wanted to come with me so um you know they all obviously were wanting to get a degree and go to uni and all that kind of stuff so it was maybe it was maybe when I was like 15 years old um I kind of was like, right, I'm not going to make it as a professional footballer. So I don't really want to waste my life thinking I'm going to like false hope in myself saying that I'm going to make, I'm going to be a professional when I'm not signed for anyone, anyone at 15 years old. So I was like, right, let's just play football as a hobby. And, and then it was more like, I kind of got a bit depressed because like I said, all my mates had left to go away to uni and go to like the bigger cities and stuff. So I was like, well, I went from having 11 people to play football with to like maybe one and my brother doesn't play football anymore and there was no one to kind of, you know, communicate with for football. So I just locked myself in the room for a wee while and uh, 
I stopped doing all sports for like five, six months maybe. And then uh, it was my brother, because I was just playing the Xbox, the computer games, every single day for like that five, six months. Uh, just because I didn't have anything else to do, you know, it's like, it was that or going to like, drink and drugs, and I didn't want to do that kind of stuff. So it was like, right, next, next thing is X, the Xbox. So I did that, and then I don't know what it was. It was one day, my brother just said to me, oh, do you want to come into the gym? And but I'd never ever think about going to the gym. You know, I was really skinny, really, really skinny and self-conscious, like super, super skinny. And I, that's why I was like, I never ever thought of going to the gym. So I went and I, like, it was the most uncomfortable thing I ever done because obviously like there was mirrors in the gym. Lots of people were looking at you. There was girls there and you're like, wait a minute. You know, these girls are lifting like 70, 80 kilograms, 200 pound, 100 pound. You're like, how are they doing this? And I go into the gym and I can't even lift the bar by itself. So, you know, I tried it for a few days and I hated every single minute of it. So I quit the gym and I was like to my brother, I'm not coming back ever again because, like, the soreness the next day. You was know, he and, big, at that point, was he a bigger... Yeah, so Luke had been doing it about 10 years already. No, not 10 years, sorry. Luke was... When I was 16, Luke was 26. So he had been doing it a few... Maybe a, a year or two anyway. You know, strong man kind of stuff. But he was... He was done bodybuilding before that so he knew but like you know waking up the next day at like 16 years old being sore was not for me and I still had to kind of live my life and I was just like <laughs> crippled in bed like what's wrong with me I'm 16 years old so but then I kind of just was like stop it you know let's let me try it let me try it with him so I gave it another chance and uh, I think it was more when but I didn't really enjoy doing the gym stuff, like the bicep curls, the bench presses. But it was when I went down to watch Luke do his first strongman comp. Um, like, I went with a lot of people and a lot of my friends and my family and stuff. And seeing him lift cars, lift logs, lift atlas stones, I was like, wow, this is... Like, I used to watch it on TV and I was like, this is like, like real life. This is like superheroes lifting weights. This isn't just like gym stuff. And I said to Luke, why aren't you showing me this kind of stuff? And then I kind of then went and joined a strongman gym back at where I live and just kind of, you know, flew from there. Luke took me under his wing properly. I stuck to every single thing he said. I ate any, everything he said and that was kind of it, yeah. So it was a kind of a kind of sketchy road at first and then it kind of started taking off after that. So, And and now you obviously train a, a hell of a lot. What's your least favourite part of your training and your favourite part of your training? Um... Jeez, <laughs> I don't like any of it. <laughs> you still don't like it. No, I mean, uh, for me, it's, it's. I think it's more like, I mean, I enjoy the training, but like, if you're talking about like recovery and all that kind of stuff, like everything to, together, um, <laughs> oh, geez, it's a hard one because. So I enjoy the strongman stuff. I still love doing that. So I, I do event. Day. So we have an event day we do on a Friday. And that's my favorite event, you know, my my favorite day. I take, I take the logs out and stuff. But for me, I hate like the the squatting, the pressing, just the gym stuff. I still think that's boring for me. I still like have to talk to myself to go into the gym and like look, Tommy, you have to go and do this stuff. You have to do the boring stuff. Right. And I, even to this day, I'm still like, oh, I can't be bothered going to go squat. Why can't I just go do strongman? You know. So yeah, it's more just the normal kind of gym related things that I still <laughs> very boring. Do you, could you not just do strongman stuff or would that not work? That wouldn't work because obviously you're overtraining it too much and, you know, like, you need to kind of have the deadlift because deadlift and strongman, you know, there's squats and strongman and stuff. It's just, 
I have a specific day for like the specialist more stuff and that's a fun one. But then I have to like, I have to squat tonight. Oh, my days. You know, it takes me like squatting, especially because I think I'm so tall <laughs> and like I'm not naturally gifted to, you know, squat. You know, a five foot guy goes, <laughs> me, it's like, you got it a long way to go down. Yeah. So to even when I get under the bar, I just think to myself, look, why am I doing this? You know, this is so, so bad. It takes me so long to get down, but it, you know, it is what it is. But do you train mostly with your brother? Yeah, I mean, 90 percent of the time, you know. I mean, um, we've got obviously different. Pro- we've got the same coach, but we've got different programs. So, for example, if uh, we're both doing, say, a log press, you know, I'll do my own stuff. He does his log press. We do that together. We might have different accessory stuff, but we're always in the gym together. We just might be doing different bits of training, you know. But we're all yeah, ninety percent of the time we're training yeah, together. I have two brothers. One older, one younger. Uh, exactly. And, and I, uh, in high school, I wrestled, and my brother was a senior when I was a, a first year. He was, a, and um, so there, you know, there's some competition, I think, naturally in that. Um, how how would you explain uh, or describe your relationship with your brother in terms of how competitive? You know, do you drive each other? Do you fight much? Do, you know, how does that work into your uh, into your life? Yeah, so me and Luke, there's two sides to myself, and Luke, it's, which is weird. There's a strong man side, and then we own business, like a business and stuff together. So, I mean, the strong man side, we're really supportive. You know, we're like, we're good competitive. So, like, there's good competitiveness in there. Like, so, uh, if, for example, Luke's doing log press, he's obviously the best in the world at log right now. Uh, I'll drive off him because he's good at that. And then, vice versa with the Atlas Stones, I'm the best in the world. He'll drive me off that. And then, like, if I'm down one night and I can't bother going to the gym. I'll get a text of Luke, vice versa with me. So yeah, there's, it's, it's. I mean, it's good competition. We maybe we sometimes, you know, set ourselves we goals in the gym to see if we see each other, and we maybe have a wee celebration and stuff and rub it in each other's faces. But no, nah, but the business side of things, that's when we kind of get sick of each other, and you know, it's quite hard because obviously, like, running a business is hard by yourself, and then there's two of you that clashes. You have different ideas. You want to do this, you want to do that. Uh, and we see each other enough in the gym, then we have to like, spend some more time, like, you know, making T-shirts, making posters and not agreeing with each other. That's when the, a lot of the fights and the arguments kind of come out then. So that's the side that <laughs> we try and stay, like, if we if we do have a weak fight or argument, we, like, separate and cool down, you know. We're like uh, weak kids in the business side. I, I'll tell you a, a funny story. So I used to live with my younger brother, Alex, uh, when I was out of college and um, just we were both just out of university and we had a, a foosball table in our, in our, in a, in the apartment. And that was our way of resolving conflict. So if it was like, <laughs> who's taking out the trash? I'm like, well, I'll play you for it. So we would, yeah, we would that was our way of dealing with, you yeah, know, uh, so you got to find ways to, you know, kind of uh, work through the competition. <laughs> So, Tom, let me ask you, you you've obviously traveled a whole bunch with doing strongman. Um, what do you think is the most surprising place that you found yourself? And that could either be a place, a physical place, or actually talking to someone that you were like, oh, my God, I would have never imagined that I would be talking to this person. Um, I think Dubai really surprised me. Um, you know, obviously, you hear a lot of people say, like, uh, oh, to buy this, to buy that. Is it mental? It's really don't go there. You know, the, the women don't get treated. Blah blah this. And I went over with my wife for a month. I got invited over for a month. And uh, to be honest, if I 
if Sinead let me, uh, my wife does Sinead, I would have moved over there in a heartbeat. Uh, but I love Dubai. I just, for me, it's a different, I don't know what it is. It's just so advanced over there compared to the UK. Um, everything's like next level. It's like you're fast forward already. Like it's like you're living 10 days in advance than you are back home. And uh, yeah, I love, I love that kind of lifestyle. I love like how you can get like the Ubers and stuff everywhere. How people come to your door and stuff for the shopping. I love the lazy lifestyle. So you should, you should find, take some of that and bring it to Scotland. You know. I wish I could. You know, I wish I could. But not. Nah, I mean, every single person there was but really nice that I talked to as well. They had a lot of time for you. Um, you know, I met a lot of interesting people, like a lot of people from different countries as well. You know, obviously a lot of people are based over there, you know, with work and stuff. So it was really nice to see all the positivity, like of the country and of and, and the people that were saying so many nice things about the country. And the good thing about it, like usually with when I travel with Strongman, I don't usually get to see any parts of the country. So it was nice to actually get to see like, a lot of Dubai there as well. So it was a really nice place. I went to Saudi Arabia as well, which again was really cool, you know. So we did like some desert go karts and stuff. So yeah, it was an unbelievable. Were you place. kind of a celebrity there? I mean, hey, just your size alone, I figured. I mean, but but then not so much because there was there's a lot of big people there, you know, like uh Dubai's got a lot of good strong men stuff in there. I mean, I was kind of you know a, a center of attention when like you said when I in among normal people are like Wow. <laughs> but yeah, but it was nice to be like on down off the radar a wee bit because I was in, able to enjoy myself more. And that's why I was over with my wife. So I was able to do a lot of stuff. But yeah, that was a breathtaking kind of place that I was at. Like, it was unbelievable that place. You should go back. I've never been up, but I've heard amazing things about it. Yeah, uh, my sister in law actually went with her whole family and just, oh, yeah. Was supposed to go for a week and then ended up being there three weeks. And yeah. <laughs> yes, see, that's what they get addicted to. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you about your nickname, the Albatross. How did you get that name? Oh, it was nice and simple. So basically, I was just in the gym, and uh, when I was doing an exercise that you do, like you spread your arms right out by the side. Albatross has got the biggest wingspan in the world, so obviously my wingspan's big, uh, just about as big as an albatross. I think so. Then uh, it came like that. It got stuck the albatross, and since then it's kind of got stuck with me. So yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, so you just won kind of the, the top of the top, you know, world strongest man competition. What was the highlight of that experience? Um, I think it was just going out there and proving that I could actually win it, you know, because mentally I'm not the strongest as a strong man. And I mean, last year I made a mistake to stop myself from winning the title. Uh, and then it was just going, like, I want just to, like, obviously I didn't have my family my wife knowing they're with me either because of the COVID situation. So, but I wanted to go out there as like a lone person. Obviously I had Luke, but he's still his own athlete. I wanted to go out there and like, you know, with a strong mind capable that I don't need like my wife all the time. I don't need my family all the time. I can do strong man myself. And for me, that was my proudest part because, you know, a lot of people kind of, because I did a competition in Bahrain a few months before that and my head was all over the place. I wasn't performing good. So it was nice to kind of, go out there and prove a lot of people wrong and able to put on a great show for everyone. And like mentally, I felt really good the whole way through it. And yeah, for me, it was just that mental, being that like mental strong, mentally strong the whole way through the competition was my most proudest moment there. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, you know, in terms of athletes, a lot talk about their mindset and the mental part. How, how important is that in, in being successful? 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, it's just like, for example, I'm a good example of it because I was physically strong, but mentally I was never, like, my mind wasn't as caught up with my body. So, like, I would go into a competition and sometimes say I couldn't do this and I wouldn't do it. Whereas, like, in worlds and stuff, or really in the gym, you need to go, I can do this, I can do that. Easy, easy. You know, you need to do all that positive words. You need to have that positive vibes coming off you. And that's exactly what I did. And I changed my mindset like that to make it a champion's mindset. I mean, it worked big time. So. And, and was anyone who helped, get, you know, books you read or people who were like... Yeah, so I don't actually know her specific name, but she helped with the mind kind of stuff. She's called Amy. Uh, she's got a weird title. I'm not going to go into it. But anyway, see, so like, because so with autism as well, like... um. I actually signed up with her about five to six weeks before Worlds. And at first, it was very, very negative for me because when I talked about things one-to-one, like in my mind and stuff, uh, having autism really, really affects that. So like for 24 hours after, that'll be on my mind. So I won't be able to, I wasn't able to train. Like my training sessions went down. I was not able to talk to my wife. I was just so depressed and so stressed. I was like, I knew, I knew it was working, but just... Out, out of the calls, it, my life was bad. So, like, that was like that for two weeks. I mean, you see my YouTube videos. The last few weeks of my prep was, like, I was just going mental at Luke. I was going mental at my coach. Couldn't concentrate or nothing. And then, all of a sudden, four weeks out, my mind just clicked like this. And the stuff she learned taught me, like, because the things we were talking about, you know, was, like, really dark places in my mind and, you know, what I don't like to talk about, what I like to talk about. And I've never, ever done that before and opened up. So... That's why all the stress was just going through me. I was like, geez, you know. And as soon as I, you know, now she's unbelievable. I, I talk to her every single week. And that's, she helped me, you know, have that champion's mindset. That's what we call it, the champion's mindset. And before World Strongest Man, I wrote on social media that I was going to win it. And that's how confident I was. And I mean, I, I won it. And that was just, it was unbelievable how I went from like a really, really kind of bad, bad place to then like my mind being like stronger than my body, which has never, ever happened before. So. Yeah, it was weird. I love that. That's, you know, the power of positive thinking is really, yeah, yeah, 100%. you know. Um, so, Tom, you've won, you are, you know, the world's strongest man. <laughs> and by, by, you know, as a strong man commander, most people argue that's as successful as you can get. But how does Tom define success? I mean, I just do this. I'm just lucky to be part of the job. I mean, for me, it feels like, Success for me is just like be able to put food on the table and you know look after my loved ones and that's what I why that's why I quit my job back when I did and I said is when I quit my job I didn't have any money I said to my wife they've got a competition in two months I promise you I went I went that and put food on the table and I did that and since then that's my kind of motto you know I just because I want more strong man I'm not going to go change and be all oh, money's making me successful and stuff because there's no money in strong man so as long as I can kind of provide for my family, you know, keep, be, stay humble, stay, like, you know, make sure this kind of community I am I'm in as well gets, like, bigger and supports me. I'm fine. I mean, like, I bought my, me and my brother and my family bought my dad a pickup. It's stuff like that that you want to be able to give back. You know, I would rather give to somebody that needs it rather than, you know, me having everything. But, yeah, that's success for me. Just one strongest man. I know it's a great title, but I would have never got here if it wasn't for my family my friends, you know, everyone in this community that supports me and stuff. So that's, that's great. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, any achievement in life, I think really is, it's never one, a single person. It's, yeah. it's 
it's that support year. system that really, really, you know, lifts you up. Um, what about what inspires you? Um, I mean, for me, you know, I used to think, I, I, I used to say a lot of like people like Arnold and that inspired me, but for me, it's myself, you know, because um, I've gone through a lot of things, you know, like when I was younger, obviously with having autism and stuff, like um, my childhood was bad, but I was going to go into foster care. I was going to probably not be a, like a functioning member of society and stuff. And like, my, my, no one gave up on me for it. And that's, that's the thing with me. Like I also forced myself to change a lot as well. Um, like with Strawman, the thing with Strawman was there's a lot of cameras and a lot of interviews a lot of lights on your act. That's the three things I hate is crowds, a lot of light, lights and interviews, talking to people. I would just put my head down and Luke would talk for me in the interviews. He would do that. But then I was like, right now, I can't have my brother, I can't have my family talking for me. I need to change. So I used to just take all the lights into the gym, put YouTube crowd noises on and just pretend I was talking to four or five different people at once. So yeah, like, I inspired myself to change because like, I was. I knew I was good, strong man, but it was up here that was letting me down. Because I was thinking, oh no, I'm competing in front of a thousand people today. I can't do it. I can't do it. I used to always say that I can't do it. Or like, what's gonna? What questions are they gonna ask me? What are they gonna do? And all this kind of stuff. So I really, really used all my energy to plan the interviews rather than concentrating on the strong man. And then, like I said, I just started putting myself in uncomfortable situations, and change for the better you know change for myself change for my wife change from like everyone around me because you know i could i could have been like 20 21 years old and still living at home and you know just not wanting to change in my life but i didn't want to do that i wanted to change for myself so well it, you know it's funny i was thinking that success doesn't come from the lack of failure or lack of challenge or obstacles it comes from overcoming them and yeah, I, yeah. you know it sounds like that's exactly you know you're like no no, no i'm not going to let this Yes, there are things in my in my way, but I'm not going to let this stand in my way. I'm going to, you know, find a way to get over it, and that's remarkable. Yeah, if I if I wanted to quit, I would have quit. Like when I started as in junior level, strong man, I was always like strongest, but never mentally strong. And I used to lose to people, like lose competition. I should have never lost, but like back then I could be like, right, this is me done. But you know, I just wanted to keep going, keep going, keep going, and then boom, you know, I eventually got better and better and put so myself. I usually say 21, but you're not that old. So I'm going to make it 18 because that's when you started. So if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Just to uh, like mentally, you know, make make sure I'm mentally ready for like the kind of straw man like scene or the gym scene and stuff. Giving myself, I mean, for me, I didn't really know straw man was that big a sport. I didn't realize there was cameras in it. Um, but yeah, I think it would be like just to relax and stay calm when I'm doing like like interviews and stuff and to kind of slow myself down and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's past now. So. <laughs> uh, what's, what do you think is the next trend in strongman competitions? Do you think it, it will continue to be the same? Do you think things will change? Will they, you know, do they uh, come up with new, new concepts of, of competition? Um, of, uh, I mean, every every year it's usually like, there's like either a tour in the UK, mm -hmm. uh, which is called Giants Live, and then you have the World's Strongest Man, which, you know, it's something that's in different countries, but the event, uh, World's Strongest Man is probably the only 
competition that will have different events or totally different events than the previous year. Um, you know, like for this, for example, this year they had a turntable on with a train on it, and they've not had that in since 2002. So you know that's a. Whereas like the other competitions you'd see, like the ones in the UK, you would get like a deadlift in every single one. You may get like a this different like a frame carry and then a sandbag. They would be roughly the same, uh, but they would like World Stars Man's the one that changes the most. So like you know next year we could have some mental thing. It depends. They re World Stars Man usually do do it in like so for example it was in Sacramento. And it was at like a train museum, so they wanted something to do with a train there. So, you know, if it's at some other location and whatever it stands, <laughs> they'll try and get that involved in the competition, which is quite cool, you know. So there's, yeah, one or two events in Worlds and the rest is usually around the same. But there is usually one or two events that you're like, whoa, like, where did this come from? <laughs> Keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for Tom? <laughs> I mean, you know that. I've not trained much since I've been back from Worlds, which is annoying. But uh, uh, you, you deserve a break, right? Uh, uh, no, I mean, I just want to keep going. You know, I'm, I want to keep on. I love doing strongman. Um, World strongest man or not, I'm always going to keep training. I want to. I think I've got a competition in September in the UK, uh, which is called Europe's Strongest Man. So I want to. That'll be my next kind of big one that I want to do good in. And then after that, it's Britain's Strongest Man. So I want to, you know, do good in them too, and then. I think I've got another two or three comps the rest of the year, but that's just for some fun. And then the big one, World Stars Man's in May next year, so the prep starts for that in November. So from November onwards, it'll be like back to kind of sacrificing family, this, the wife, etc., and concentrating fully on Strongman. So, Tom, this is where I ask you nine rap, rapid-fire questions, just the first kind of thing that comes to your mind. Um, this first one will be interesting to me. Um, so, if they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be perfect. Um, should stories always have happy endings? No. <laughs> Do you have a favorite emoji? Uh, the muscle. Muscle one. <laughs> um do you have can you name one of your favorite songs oh i like stormzy uh i don't know i don't know the song but i just i like it all stormzy yeah um do you have a favorite social media platform instagram can you name a book that left a lasting impression on you <laughs> harry potter i i actually it really changed the way I thought about reading, but that's another story. Um, can you name one of your favorite movies? Uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> um, what's one thing you can't live without? Burgers. And if you could be credited with inventing something, what would it be? The toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, Tom, you've been awesome. This has been so fun. Um, if Is there anything that, that um, you want to promote at the moment? You know, obviously, you know, you're, you're, whether it's your business or um, where people can find out more about you. Yeah, I mean, uh, so if you go on to www.stokemanbrothers.com, uh, that's got all our merchandise that we've got out right now. And also, if you want a wee laugh, YouTube, Stokeman Brothers. And there's like all the YouTube videos there and you'll see our links to social media sponsors, et cetera, there. So 
that would be the two best places to get us. Awesome. Uh, Tom, again, this has been amazing for me. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed this um, and learning about your life and, and what it takes to be the world's strongest man. So uh, thank you for helping us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, my man. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. Please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could also do me a favor and please leave a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. Remember, story matters and is the best way to connect the dots.